Brent Kermelitic and thanks for listening to Talking Architecture and Design brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. You can catch up with news, projects, interviews and much more at architectureanddesign.com.au where you can also subscribe to our newsletters and magazine. Welcome to Talking Architecture and Design. My name is Brent Kermelitic and today we have with us Paolo Bevilacqua the General Manager of Real Utilities and Authorised Energy Retailer and Utilities Business established in 2017, which is wholly owned by Fraser's Property Australia. Paolo Bellacqua has 20 years' experience in the property sector and is one of Australia's leading sustainability professionals responsible for delivering cutting-edge sustainability solutions to many high-profile projects across various sectors. Paolo also currently leads Fraser's Property Global Sustainability Working Group, overseeing sustainability strategy for groups, business units in Asia, Australia, Europe, the Middle East and Africa. And prior to joining Fraser's way back in 2011, Paolo spent nine years at Lend Lease and in a range of sustainability roles, working on some of Australia's leading green building projects. Paolo is also chair of the Living Future Institute of Australia, rather, a position which he has held since 2016, and he was appointed as vice chair of the International Living Future Institute in 2019. So welcome, or should I say welcome back to Talking Architecture and Design, Paolo Bevilacqua. Thanks, Branko, and uh, yeah, great to be here. You know, it's been three, it's been over three and a half years um, since we spoke. Um, it's amazing how, how, how time flies. Um, can, I, can I ask, yeah, what? Three and a half years. Yeah, through December, December 2018. How's that? Um, so, what is new at Real Utilities? Yeah, well, going back that far, a fair bit is new, actually. I mean, as as you would hope and, and expect, um, you know, life and business has gone on and Real Utilities, back in December 2018, I think would have had uh, two live or two operating sites. Uh, we're now up to um, 16 and we actually... Uh, have extended from at the time being only residential projects to now also having retail and industrial projects in the portfolio. Um, yeah, so retailers selling 100% carbon neutral energy to all those sites, but um, customer numbers have, are now at, at about that. really good customer feedback, strong customer attention. Um, and yeah, we're, we're, you know, can a lot of uh, solar, and uh, and and now batteries as well, which is good. So the business has, has come a fair way in the past three and a half years. So not not only has, has your customer base increased, changed, increased, yeah, but so has the technology as well. <clears throat> what you're what you're implementing, yeah. Yeah, technology's technology has increased. I mean, the technology that we're using is is you know nothing groundbreaking. Um, as I said, a lot of solar PV. Where you know we're up up to about uh, approaching eight megawatts of, of solar PV that we now have installed and own and or operate um, as part of the real utilities business. We've also done uh, two projects that, that couple the solar PV uh, with um, battery storage and, uh, and also biodiesel generation. Um, they're two industrial facilities, um, so industrial warehouses and, and that model combination of, you know, three technologies that are basically proven, um, but putting them together to look at, you know, 
uh, a solution that could provide some commercial benefits in um, to to real utilities and to Fraser's as well as to the customer, um, and also continue to provide those carbon benefits, which are a key kind of kind of uh, pillar to to what we're trying to achieve at at real utilities. Mm -hmm. We've been hearing a lot about you know energy prices. Um, lately, uh, both in terms of, you know, home energy and also obviously energy in terms of, um, you know, petroleum. Has the global energy price, let's call it a shock, affected your business or at least the way you, you're approaching your business? I mean, it is extraordinary what's happening, I have to say. Like, I'm, I've been in a property industry for a long time, uh, the energy industry for five years, but I've got people in my team that have been in it um, for over 20 years oh. and uh, you know they've never seen anything like it um, and it's prices now that are you know five to six times the wholesale, wholesale energy prices in Australia that are five to six times a kind of historic average wow okay and that's all happened kind of a few months right um, so no one was predicting that and how at this point uh, you know how it, it's going to settle back down and when that will happen um, because it's just completely irrational what's, what's going on and, and uh, unprecedented so look how's it impacting us I mean we we enter energy so we we to some extent timing is every well not to some extent to a big extent in this case timing uh, is, is was really important we entered those contracts at a time where the market was was more rational and normal, um, and and we have contracts that expire at different times and periods, so that helps us. And we enter them at different times, so that kind of helps us hedge against fluctuations. You know, it's a bit like that um, the dollar cost averaging approach that people talk about in the uh, in the kind of equity or investing share market investing world. Um, you know, we kind of have applied it to to energy so we we buy and enter contracts at different times to hedge against changes in the in the pricing um but yeah it, look it, it it will impact us and our customers um in, but there may be a bit of a lag in how that impact flows through to real utilities um you know the commitment that will always be cheaper than the major retailers is is something we'll we're going to continue to maintain so all retailers up now because wholesale prices increased. We're no different from that perspective, but we continue to benchmark against the major retailers' pricing and making sure that we're cheaper than that pricing. So we'll maintain that commitment, which is good. Um, and we'll also keep on with putting distributed generation on our sites. And, you know, obviously, solar PV is a distributed generation we use, and batteries become a bit more commercially viable in in, in this kind of energy market um so that strategy will will continue um just protects us because it means to some degree uh obviously we're limited how much we can put in on some of these sites because you know they're high-rise apartments and a much roof all the obvious stuff um other sites we have lots of roof space so we put up as much as we can really and that means we just have to buy less from the grid um and then it's just about managing the load you know um so that's where batteries can help um, and, and expect that trend around batteries and their commercial viability to continue to happen. I mean, uh, the, 
the latest estimates from the uh, Australian energy market operator, AEMO, um, released its updated integrated system plan yesterday. It was a few days ago now, um, but in the last week. And um, you need to ask on how much of the grid will be renewable and how quickly that will happen. Uh, they have various scenarios that they map out and they're the aggressive scenarios. At, you know, if you went back a couple of years and now the more expected scenario and then the kind of very aggressive scenarios are, are, are kind of dropping back to being, oh, that, that, that there's a chance that actually that one might happen too, you know? So talk of the grid best renewable uh, within the decade. So pretty incredible change that's happening at the moment. Okay, that's interesting. So do you feel that Australia's, you know, current lack of climate change action, that is lack of energy diversity, has affected or, or is influencing the, the, the energy prices at the moment? Look, I think, thing, um, yeah, is a result of uh, an un, somewhat unplanned transition. So the transition has been happening. It's just been happening led by the market and industry and in the absence of kind of uh, a really good planning, uh, a really good plan on how all that distributed energy and all that energy gets integrated into the system and into the national uh, electricity market. So, you know, the lack of planning, I think, has hindered um, the uh, smoothness of the transition. So it's, it's, you know, just hit home all of a sudden. I mean, there's a number of factors that go into what um, and you know, the planning around how we, you know, ease off or come off fossil fuel-based technology um, is, is one of the key concerns. Um, but at the same time, there's so much renewables, you know, so many renewable energy projects uh, from large scale down to, you know, the, the rooftops on our homes that are just continuing to, to kind of uh, emerge. So, yeah, look. It, it, there's more work and you know, in hindsight things could have been done a lot better um, and now which will be um, which will create issues like we're seeing Let's talk about the, your retail side which I find really really fascinating actually you, you now you have a few years of of data under your belt. Um, what has been the feedback from places like Ed Square in Sydney and Burwood Brickworks in Melbourne, uh, where you know the residents have the the option of accessing clean energy from real utilities? And when I say feedback, in terms of um, not just in pricing, but in terms of you know what you know the, the choice they have, how is it actually? What feedback are you getting, and and from both the residents and also from from the from the industry? So a couple of things we have learned. The the first is that um, we grossly overestimated how much energy um, people would use uh, in our apartments, and we actually based the assumption on on data we had from the kind of projects we'd done over the previous kind of five years before we set up the business. And what we found was that you know a lot shifted in that period of time and the new apartments we're building, whether it be just because of energy standards increasing, um, our own focus on building better quality, um, better thermal performance, um, more efficient um, designs and buildings, coupled with uh, increasing awareness of energy by consumers, 
has resulted in the actual energy consumption being, uh, you know, let's roughly half what we expected. Um, so that's pretty massive, that change that we've seen. Um, so that's that was a really, it's really, I mean, it was a great insight. It allowed us to kind of rethink and plan for the future projects and, and the energy they're expecting to use. So that was one thing. I mean, the other thing that's that's been good from a data point of view is customers' satisfaction with the real utilities offer. I mean, we, the energy law requires us to give consumers power of choice and the ability to kind of choose another retailer. That is more challenging in, in embedded networks, um, but, but we do set up the metering and the systems to allow customers to um, go with another retailer if, uh, if they can find one. But whenever that happens, we, we, we try and understand the motivation. And, and typically it's around um, that they feel they can get a better offer from somewhere else. Um, and wherever, yeah, we, we spend the time with the customer to actually explain to them, look, our offer is better. And, and one of the learnings is the confusion around people's, people's ability to read energy liberate. You know, energy retailers have made it really hard by having lots of pricing plans and structures and so-called deals that people don't know, you know, what they're even getting um, and whether they're on the best deal or not. So, yeah, our retention in our residential sites, we have, we use net promoter score, um, NPS, to measure a customer satisfaction at plus 31 and the industry benchmark for energy retailing is minus nine most people want to leave their energy retailer wouldn't recommend anyone else um, in our case um, increasingly we've got people that would recommend us but we only service phrases projects so um, you know at the moment that that's our focus okay let's build on that it's interesting what you said um, yeah no people don't change don't change um, uh, energy providers really it's, it's like changing your your mobile phone plan or your or your or your mortgage, you, you know, you don't go out and just change it like willy nilly. You, you tend to you tend to keep it, which is interesting, isn't it? Um, yeah. Whereas when, when it comes to you know doctors, dentists, or mechanics, you know, we like like that. You know, we don't like yeah. it. We change to a new one. Much more it? important life decisions. Yeah, we'll just change overnight. Yeah. That's right. Amazing humans. Amazing how we've made it all all all, all this all this millennia. To build on that, when we spoke way back in 2018, you know, back in the days when no one, no one had ever heard of COVID or, or lockdowns or anything like that, you said amongst other things, and this is, I just want to build on what you just said there. So you said, unlike um, energy providers that offer multiple plans, real utilities offers one plan. We tell the customers it's really simple. It's going to be cheaper and you don't have to sign up for 12 months. It's just the best discount you can get. We try to simplify the energy buying process, make it cheaper and greener. The residents are happy and the response has been good, which is basically what you just said, right? How has this turned out on, on, on a general level? But what I'm really asking is why do you only then do, I mean, I, I know kind of the answer, but why do you only do freight properties? I mean, that sounds like, when I read that, that sounds like you're, you're like the perfect energy provider, doesn't it? It sounds like, I mean, I know it's, it's a bit of also marketing, I get it, but still, mm. it does, it does, you know, it does sort of make you think, gee, I wouldn't mind using these. So why, there is, you're still like, real utility still is part and parcel of, of phrases, yeah? So there's been no idea to sort of move further out. Yeah, I mean, it 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 has been thought about and, and 
discussed with you know uh so i, I wouldn't is there's been no discussion about it or hasn't been you know like it would never happen type thing but but right now we feel that we've got as as a as an organization phrases property australia um you know a, a real focus on just creating experience and you know we're still fundamentally a real estate and um player and and you know we develop communities and our greater purpose is to create communities um where people have a sense of belonging and i know that might sound like well that's that's a motherhood statement but it's it's really it's really something we're focused on in everything we do and we see that a service to customers through energy that just cuts out all the kind of the noise and dissatisfaction with something that you know people you know they need it you need energy you don't have a choice um we also know that people don't like paying their energy bills and often don't um and that paying their bills was becoming more of an impact to their cost of living so um all those things with our aspiration being a zero carbon organization kind of said well you know this has more value to phrases and its customers and creating experience um than it would for us to just go and chase other customers um just pure energy customers for the sake of what making a bit more money and and um uh, down to you know how can we create the absolute absolute you know another piece of the puzzle to create a really amazing it all sounds you know like probably a lot of you know jargon and talk that you hear from from you know, i say with as much genuineness as i can and um it really is a, a commitment um that's part of the, the phrases offering at this stage <laughs> okay interesting look there has been what I, I've, I've noticed in, in a in a in other areas in terms of you know housing estates there has been moved by other developers to set up community energy hubs hmm. why isn't this being done more i mean kind of is like i mean when i look at what what phrases do with real utilities like that's i've got to say it's a bit of a no-brainer sorry to the genius who thought of it but it really it actually made perfect sense right seriously it made perfect perfect sense and i noticed that other developers are doing it on a, on a much smaller scale or, or you know doing community energy hubs why isn't this um being done more and more because there's a lot of developers out there's a lot of developments as you know um going on in australia at the moment is it initial cost, um, you know, infrastructure cost outlay, or, or, or what is the issue? I think there's probably an element of cost, but I'd say the the, the bigger hurdle, bigger constraint is is around energy, you know, the energy regulations. I mean, it, and and for all the right reason. I mean, energy is an essential service and needs to be highly regulated. Um, you know. Re- you know, needs to be measured to allow businesses to operate and obviously provide a service and make manage to provide that service. But it's also really important that ensures that the people that are allowed to provide energy um, have got financial capacity and um, provide the right um, customer protections. And the amount of things we've had to, you know, put in place to be able to provide an energy retailing service is extraordinary. You know, like, you know, having pretty extensive hardship policies, um, having, you know, a, a real understanding of customers who might have life support to protect them, 
being aware that, you know, we'll have customers um, who will have a range of, of things that will come up in their lives that might impact their ability to pay energy and being understanding of those and, and making sure that we still provide the service. Um, you know, it's very extensive what energy retailers need to provide because, you know, apart from the roof over your head, the next most important thing is the energy that flows into your house. I think that's been a barrier, Branko. Like it's just, you know, if you're a, a property company, do you want to take on those risks? Well, you need to think pretty hard and most, probably most developers are going, nah, I'll, I'll leave that to someone else. <laughs> Someone else's problem. Since we haven't spoken in three and a half years, I guess we, we can look now, look forward. We probably won't be speaking for another three and a half years. So in the future, what opportunities do you see, let's say the next three and a half years, if you like, opening up for real utility? utilities in terms of both energy and energy supply and also i guess i guess we could throw in technology there as well right um so look over the next three and a half years what will happen we're 20 mid mid 22 so we'll be uh towards the end of 2025 so we would have commenced by then we won't only be 100 carbon neutral uh we'll be 100 uh powered by renewable energy generated in australia you know, and that will happen from January 2024, actually. That's uh, when when that comes into play. So, you know, that will be not only through renewable energy that we put on site, because as I said earlier, we can't generate enough within our projects, but we, are, we have a contract in place that allows us to procure the balance from um, solar and wind farms in Australia. So that'll be in place. Again, it's not a groundbreaking technology solution it's just uh it's just putting together a package that allows us to offer that to customers we would have grown the business um by that point um we're forecasting our customer numbers will be two and a half times what we are today well wow, okay um so i expect we'll be in that kind of five thousand ish customer order so it's starting to get to a business size that is um yeah, we're still very much a small energy retailer, but um, I think we'll increase the amount of solar, you know, the, the, the size of the batteries, all that technology will just scale up um, and we'll be able to do more interesting things with it. Um, some of those interesting things could be how we grid around providing services to the grid, you know, in, increasingly as the, the grid transitions to more renewables, it's going to net batteries that are accessible from buildings, um, whether they're homes, office buildings, shopping centres, to provide services back into the grid. So, so you know, it can be uh, operate in a stable kind of condition without getting lots of grid outages and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I see our technology playing more in that space and being aggregating, being able to aggregate, you know, the batteries and the solar uh, to provide those services back into the grid around. Yeah, frequency control and load shifting and all of that in, in peak, uh, when there's peak events. Um, outside of that, I think we'll just have, as I said, lots more projects, more interesting customer data. Your designs have won quite a few awards in building for sustainability and, you know, and, and lowering energy usage and lowering carbon footprint around the world, including, I mean, we, well, I think uh, we, um, rated, we, we awarded the... Um, Brickworks 
I think it was last year before in our, in our sustainability awards. I think it was a project of the year, I believe, from memory. Um, but isn't there some, isn't there a bit of a, a tension there? Because on one hand, you're looking to save energy, okay. On the other hand, real utilities is there to sell energy, isn't it? So it's kind of like it's it's really weird, isn't it? I mean, how does that work? Well, and that's why it's interesting to have it in house. You know, if we outsource this service to a business that ran private energy networks, embedded networks, their main motivation would be to make money from selling energy. You know, ultimately, that's their business. Obviously, real utility wants to be commercially viable and, and make some money, but our main motivation actually is not that. <laughs> our main motivation of having real utilities within Fraser is the... That, that kind of um, intellectual property that we gain from being able to operate the buildings and sell energy into them. Um, that's that we can actually validate. You know, we haven't brought up the whole scope three carbon emissions, but most of Fraser's carbon footprint and most, where every property developer's carbon, most of their carbon footprint is scope three. It's their customers' emissions. You know, and you, know, you can't get to zero by ignoring your customers. Uh, <laughs> um, you can't get really anywhere by ignoring your customers, but for some reason, um, you know, there's a view that will just carve out those carbon emissions. So, look, at, I mean, to come back to the point, our main purpose is around intellectual property, sustainability, better customer, and the stuff I said earlier. That's how we get through that tension, you know. It's, it's good that after we do all that, the venture, as in real utilities, is also commercially viable. I mean, to me, that's uh, the kind of holy grail of a sustainability offering. If you can actually deliver the sustainability benefit um, and and also deliver a good economic benefit or, you know, an economic benefit to the business. So, um, and then you've got the, the customer kind of benefiting as well. Um, so... Yeah, look, I mean, it's a different it, it it's a different mindset we've taken to it, but uh, I can I could see why you would think that. I mean, ultimately, you know, if we do sell more energy, we do make more money within rural utilities, but there's a bigger picture. Yeah. So basically, what you just said is you're you're actually living living and breathing the the, the triple bottom line, isn't that isn't that what you're actually saying? Oh, we're trying. Yeah, we're trying. I mean, it, but it is a big investment. I mean, it's you know where so we spoke three and a half years ago, and we just had a yeah, two sites up and running, yeah. and and now we're just at the point where we've got six. You know, we've we've got probably just reaching that threshold where it is a viable business. So there, there's five. You know, call it investment, um, <laughs> if you know what I mean. But five years of kind of it's viable, and and so yeah, now we're we're kind of um, we can see that that triple bottom line um, is being realised. Thanks, Branko. Great to talk. Appreciate the opportunity. Dare I say, it's been electrifying. Sorry, I couldn't resist, pal. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll see you in, in three and a half years, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Let's lock in the date now. <laughs> You've been listening to Paolo Berberlacqua, the General Manager from Real Utilities. This is Branko Mladi. You've been listening to Talking Architecture and Design. Until next time, goodbye. 
I'm Branko Melodic, and thanks for listening to Talking Architecture and Design, brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. You can catch up with news, projects, interviews, and much more at architectureanddesign.com.au, where you can also subscribe to our newsletters and magazine.